Everybody. Isaac here with part three of my latest series on the astrology of our times, the changes in our times, and can astrology help understand what is happening. The third part of this series is Don't Look Back. The first uh, two episodes or the first two blogs are only available on my website. So you'd have to go to www.isaacgeorge.com, click on the blog button, and when you find the text for this latest post, you'll see there are links at the very top of the blog to take you to part one and part two. This week, though, March 22nd to March 29th, is entitled Desires of the Heart, or If Not Now, When, and If Not You, Then Who? One of the main things that many people misunderstand about astrology is that the celestial bodies that surround the earth do not compel us to be or do anything in particular. They do influence, impel, and cajole us. They do affect us in the way that barometric pressure can cause us to feel more up or down. Our emotions are similar, seemingly arising out of nothing sometimes, a memory or because of something someone says or does, and all of a sudden we feel overtaken and compelled into an experience of feeling something we weren't feeling a few moments earlier. Such is the way of astrology, but there's more to it than that. You may have heard the maxim, as above, so below. There's another one, as within, so without. My studies and experience have shown me that the archetypes in astrology and psychology, for that matter, are reflective and instructive. In other words, you and I are collectively manifesting the out there from the in here. Perhaps the celestial alignments look like some kind of clockwork mechanism that impersonally holds human destiny in its grip, but I don't think that's the whole picture. Simply stated, we may be influenced, provoked, impelled, and even compelled at times to express or respond to these things called transits, but they also provide us with an amazing opportunity to learn and grow from how we either respond or react to them. In other words, we all evolve together us, the other species on the planet, the planet herself, and the rest of our galaxy, and perhaps the whole cosmos. It is all connected, somehow. Lastly, there's a growing body of evidence within the new biosciences that is beginning to recognize how we are affected by electromagnetic fields, whether solar or artificial. Our biology is like a transmitter receiver, constantly emitting a set of frequencies generated by our consciousness and our soul self. And at the same time, we are sensitive to one degree or another to outside stimuli from the deepest parts of interstellar space to the crying child in a shopping trolley in front of you at the grocery store. As I see it, as soon as a newborn child's body is exposed to the atmosphere here on Starship Earth, it is imprinted with the subtle energies of its parents, the surroundings, and the low-level radio emanations that are emitted by the Earth and every other planet or star surrounding our world. 
These form the unique energies and patterns we use in astrology. Based on the positions and the attributes of these celestial forms at the moment and location of a human nativity. That brings us to today's topic, which is about our dreams, desires, and our hearts, or the big why about your being here at this time. But before I get to that, I'll recap what's on for the week ahead. As I write this, and I speak about it, we are past the last exact square of Uranus-Pluto, the solar eclipse, and the equinox. However, I want to remind the reader that the effects of these events will be felt for some time to come. Eclipses have a shelf life of around six months. As I write this, we're past the last exact square of Uranus-Pluto, thank goodness, the solar eclipse, and the equinox. However, I want to remind you that the effects of these events will be felt for some time to come. Eclipses have a shelf life of around six months, but this was a biggie, so it might last longer. The Uranus-Pluto relationship will continue to be in effect until the spring of 2016, when they finally start to separate away from each other. Another thing to remember about the Uranus-Pluto cycle is that major social and related events seem to crop up in the world around two to four years after the actual transit is completed. The last cycle before this one was Uranus-Pluto conjunct, or together, in Virgo, and that ended in 1965, but it took almost three years until some of the major events of the 1960s were manifested. The civil rights movement intensified. The Vietnam War and the student protests against it also grew in size. The assassinations of Martin Luther King and Robert F. Kennedy. The riots at the Democratic National Convention in 1968. The election of Richard Nixon and the incursions and saturation bombings of Cambodia and Laos all manifested as a symptom of wide-ranging shifts in consciousness. Not to mention Woodstock and the drugs and the rock and roll. That was all part of it too. Not all of what happened during that time was negative and that won't be the case this time. All negative events are of one polarity to stimulate a new awareness. What may be really different about this cycle is that the eclipse at the last degree of Pisces on the 20th of March sets the stage for a more equal or non-polarized awakening process. We're hopefully moving away from the either-or mentality and more into the both-and inclusiveness of the Aquarian perspective. For the next week or so and leading up to the lunar eclipse on April 4th, we will still be in the early stages of letting go and absorbing the meaning of what has happened so far. Although other astrologers have pronounced the solar eclipse last Friday as the ultimate let-go or break with the past, I feel it is just the starting point, and those of us who still have unfinished business will use the time of the Saturn retrograde this year or the remains of the Uranus-Pluto cycle to tidy up any loose ends gracefully and then move on. While minoring and letting go, this is also a fertile time to allow the possibility to arise that maybe you don't know exactly what it is that your mission is about. Even while you're busy moving your plans and projects forward, spend a little time each day in reverie or meditation, asking your soul to bring forward any visions or wisdom you may have overlooked in your excitement about having it all. You'll need to major in your desire while still minoring in that which keeps you from having it. Please choose being happy over being right. Now is the time that is ripe for it, especially if there's fear or confusion lurking about. Nothing wrong about confusion, though, so use it as a tool to discover your next step. With the sun getting to three degrees plus of Aries by this Tuesday, we'll be sensing a different excitement about moving forward with everything. Clarity begins to return. Things feel a bit easier 
but don't get too far ahead of yourself with Mars still in Aries, or you could feel too impulsive or impatient for your own good. It may look like others might even be holding you back or restraining you, and that's a perception and reaction to an energy that's just about up for everyone right now. Unexpected delays or obstacles may arise. That's okay. Breathe. This too shall pass. I know we've all been reading and hearing loads for months about 2015 being the year into which we can realize a new level of creativity, access, achievement, and self-worth. Now that the actual solar year is underway with the sun and Aries, I'd like to add a new wrinkle to this. Our dreams and our desires are for a feeling. A feeling of experiencing that anything is possible now and to actually see our dreams become a reality in our lives. This is a time to aim high and to consider the process and possibility of miracles versus magic. A movie character in the recent movie series Men in Black described miracles as something that looks impossible but happens anyway. (laughs) That dude was from the fifth dimension, not the pop group, so he gets to say cool stuff like that. Right, back to my point. So the trick this year will be to explore and reveal your truth, your mission, your way of being in the world without censoring, without hiding, and without apology. Oh, a certain type of courage will be required to manage this miracle of you. It's called faith in one's own inherent divinity, within our human consciousness. Now this is different from narcissistic tendencies, which often are shallow in their concerns and driven by ego images. This is real core, soul-directed stuff, and you will no longer seek to please others for the sake of social comfortableness. Learning to say yes to your own vulnerability and authenticity will require an equal fortitude to being able to say no to others when it's appropriate and sometimes necessary. It will alter the way we work with boundaries for sure, but it will also be a way of giving permission for more honesty and transparency for everyone. Sure, there'll still be a transitional period where most of the population won't catch on or be comfortable with the new you. Oh well, releasing and forgiveness will be part of the process. Trust in yourself will be the cornerstone. Being more spontaneous, more in integrity, is the feminine at play and at work. What is the integrity? Simply, it's the word yin, Y-I-N, which is Chinese for the feminine principle. Integrity, as I see it, is being consistently yourself, the truth of your authenticity with everybody and in all situations. And it's also about spontaneity. So, in other words, the feminine really upholds the principle of I'll do what I want when I feel like I want to do it. Simple as that. Currently, in our culture, planning, quote-unquote, is very much a part of the patriarchal philosophy of this is how we get things done around here. With the new energies, that will have to be absorbed and reinvented into something else, although what that will look like may not be apparent for half a decade or so. One thing I feel, though, is that it will be women who will be reinventing the recipe for what success really is, as opposed to the top-down power model of capitalism and patriarchy. The biggest trapdoor for this will be to make sure that none of us sell out our souls for some glitzy dream that belongs to the old way of manifesting. We're into miracles here, so the old rules won't apply. The heart of the matter will be the heart itself and how we feel about ourselves and how our creations will empower others. The heart is gaining prominence, and there's no turning back the clock. There's a whole field of bioscience studying the qualities and powers of the human heart, and we are just at the baby step stage in understanding where the seat of our intelligence really resides. The mind-body connection is becoming the heart-mind-body connection. 
As the fetus gestates in the womb, the first organ to form is the heart, even before the brain comes into being. To lead from the desires of the heart is to put the balance between heart and head back where it was before there was a patriarchy. Living in harmony with one's own soul and desires will be necessary before we develop enough empathy to see that our choosing our own dreams are a way to serve others. In doing so, we must eventually get in tune with nature and the planet if we are to not just survive as a species, but to also ensure the survival of the planet too. Cooperation is possibly the new definition and formula for success. This may require us to reevaluate what success really does mean for us and for every other life form we coexist with. The stakes are huge, and the opportunities are too. Creating a heaven on earth isn't just about you or I and our individual dreams. It's about us, the community of we. As you do it for yourself, you do it to everyone and vice versa. The new spirituality will not be a religion or a movement. It will be a recognition of each person as a unique individuation of the heart of hearts. This is one of the functions of Saturn's transit in Sagittarius for the next two and a half years, transcendence of religion and dogma, and the separation anxiety it's created. So wish upon a star or your vision board, but stand in a place of awe and wonder with it all. Just like you did as a child, really regard your deepest longings as completely okay to pursue and to realize. The author Tom Robbins once said, dreams don't come true, they are true. Will we allow ourselves to have our heart's desire? I'm choosing to believe in the impossible, with the sure knowing that a miracle is about to occur. Remember, do it from the heart, or don't do it at all. Look up to the stars. Remember who you are. Be that. Okay, that's all for this week. See you next week with a short post about the lunar eclipse on April 4th. And in the meantime, get to dreaming and being and doing. Blessings to you on your journey. Bye for now. This has been a presentation of Infinite Wave Productions. If you'd like to know more about Isaac and his work, please go to www.isaacgeorge.com or www.puredivinelove.com. Thank you for listening and many blessings on your journey.